Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. Robin Posen, and she's the author of Go Only As Fast As Your Slowest Part Feels Safe To Go, Tales to Kindle Gentleness and Compassion for Our Exhausted Selves. Robin, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Oh, thank you so much, Justine. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. I would like, in in the title of your book, Go Only As Fast As Your Slowest Part, you, you encourage us all to be really compassionate and gentle and tender with ourselves. In this mad-paced world, um, that's not the message we're so often getting. So please, how, how can we slow down enough to, to be that to ourselves? Well, I think it takes a lot of intentionality. I think it takes a commitment to dropping out of the cultural mystique or the cultural trance to really begin to raise the question with ourselves of what is this all about? You know, what is the point of being always in a rush, always moving, always doing, always more, faster, bigger yesterday, when what that does is it really disconnects us constantly from our own feeling selves, from our own um, awareness of what's good for us and what's not good for us, and that it just keeps building. The more disconnected we are, the more disconnected we get. So it involves a decision to be in some way a revolutionary to really decide that you're going to question why you're moving this fast and whether you really need to be doing this and listening for any voices inside yourself that have any information for you about what's right for you. Let's talk about those little, those voices, listening to those little voices inside um, they they don't speak very loudly at first, do they? I mean, no. How, so talk talk about that. Well, you know, the thing is, they're there. They've been suppressed and repressed and buried alive for a very long time in all of our lives. And what's important is to begin to show up for them. That is to make some commitment and to say how sorry you are that you have not paid attention to these parts of yourself and been as neglectful and as abandoning as the culture and your family of origin have been. And that you just keep, you make some commitment, a small one, maybe once or twice a week, to show up for five minutes to be with available for these parts of yourself and and to apologize and then invite them to let you know anything they feel like you need to know that day. And you just show up whether they get anywhere with you or not. But Robin, is five minutes uh, twice a week enough time? It You know, the point is these parts of you've done without all the years of your life and the so they can still manage but if you make a promise, if you can say, I'm going to spend a half an hour every day, and then you can't, what happens is you disappoint them. They're like little, these little children that you broke a promise to. So the thing I always say, it's important to make the littlest bit that you can be sure you're going to commit to and show up. And that then you can always add more time, but that it's very important at the beginning to go very slowly 
just like your book title. Yes. And Robin, what will we do in that time that we show up, even if it's five minutes? What will we? How would we start off? What? Well, it's different for each of us, and so I will use some concrete descriptors, but don't take it as a recipe. Really tailor it for yourself. But it helps to look at pictures in an album of you as a child and see which which photos sort of grab you, and to put those someplace where you create a kind of altar to this sacred space you're trying to develop. And I think it helps to have a candle or some incense or hand washing, something that separates ordinary reality from this sacred time. And if you can't have this set up someplace permanently in your environment, put it in a shoebox that you can close and open. And so I also think it's good to have art materials. Uh, Crayola makes really fat ink pens that you can put in your non-dominant hand, have a big blank pad, so that if this, these parts of you want to communicate by drawing or scribbling or maybe even writing, if you put it in your left hand, that's a hand that doesn't have any rules, so that that might communicate. And sometimes it just is that you hear it in your heart or in your head, whichever way you want to look at that. And it, you just show up whether you get anything or not. So it might take some time. Uh, your That little voice might take some encouragement, like, oh, is she really going to be there for me? Or what, what might come up to talk about that? Well, I think that's what you're saying is absolutely so, that that you build the trust by showing up those five minutes twice a week so that that part of you knows. It also helps to tell that part of you that you know, you're going to probably bumble and stumble around, that you don't exactly know how to be there for those parts of yourself, but that you're committed to trying to learn how to nourish and nurture them. And the truth is, some people, when they start this process, get really worried that there are going to be such excessive demands from these neglected parts. And the truth is, that most of the time all they need from you is to, that you're going to listen and hear what they're feeling and hear what they're saying, that, that they will be included on, in the council table is what matters. And when you talk about bringing crayons or magic markers or whatever and using your non-dominant hand, this is, is this like encouraging us to... to Tune into some other channel other than our normal rational mind is I, I don't know is what, yes, what, what's happening there. I think that's the truth of it. Is that what you're doing is is trying to bypass the storyteller, the intellect, the one that can make up a story that makes any terrible thing that you're doing to yourself okay, and listen for what I call belly wisdom or the gut feelings where your body really has information for you if you'll but listen. So that's really important because we all do have our stories and we've told them many, many times. They're just uh, like some sort of litany or chant that we say, okay, my childhood was this and we just kind of rev out this story uh, so you're talking about going beyond that story and trying to be quiet enough, I guess, to hear that quiet also voice, which maybe later on is not so quiet. After mm -hmm. the, can, can the voice start getting louder and louder? Oh, absolutely. The, the more that it feels that you are present and listening, 
the more often it lets you know things that you need to know in order to be acting in concert with what's harmonious for your being. So I kind of see it like as a opening up a, a, a new road or something that's been kind of overgrown. Absolutely. It's like bushwhacking. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Going, going down a new path. So um, when... When do we, when we are going so slow against the, the norm, where so much is coming at us, it's uh, this is uh, this is hard to do in some cases. Very challenging, very challenging. And what happens is that we have to become both the cont- safe container for this and the advocate for our choices, not proselytizing, not defending, not rationalizing, just being able to say, this is what I need to do. Um, And becoming sort of a guerrilla theater of one. The thing I think of is, at the bank, the tellers are always making conversation, and they'll say, well, what are you up to today? And I always say, whenever anybody asks me that, as little as possible. And it's a drop-dead line. And so by doing that, what you're doing is you're beginning to out it, you know, that, that when people asked me what I was doing when I was first living in my van doing nothing, I would say, I'm not doing anything much, I'm just working on my tan, but I'd say it in a way that was so filled with excitement that people were absolutely dumbfounded. Instead of saying, well, I used to be a psychologist and I had this lucrative practice, but I walked out, you know, the the heck with all of that. But just to begin to speak that way, not to change anybody, but just to make it safe to speak out loud about what you're doing. Just <laughs> a little something. So, I mean, we, we're not getting a lot of support from the outside world None. for this. Not only are we not getting support, we are getting constant intervention to say that you're being a slug, you're, you know, there's no time for this, you're wasting time, you know, this is not productive. The, the values that we are constantly bombarded with are so crazy. And when we accede to them, we don't see how nuts it all is. So when we do tune into this voice, Robin, what happens if we start hearing anger or sadness or grief or some of the, or rage even? What happens then? Oh my goodness, if we've opened Pandora's box. Well, we may very well because those are things that have all been stuffed. And so the thing is, being able to figure out safe ways to be in the middle of those feelings and to begin to understand that feelings, which we never learn about, have a trajectory that they build to a crescendo and then they decay. That when we stop them because we get scared of them or other people get scared of them, what happens is we build up back pressure. It's like being in a pressure cooker that has no release valve. So I say, particularly with anger, which seems to be the thing that's the most frightening for most people, that anger is both an energy and a content. And if you can find a safe way and a safe place to move the energy of the anger 
out of you, not on somebody and not in a situation where you're endangering yourself or that the way that you're moving that energy is going to hurt you so that you get a double message. So give an example of how that can be expressed. So one of the ways to do it, I mean, there are a number of different ways. One of the ways is within the car, if you don't have a a place where it's safe to scream and yell. For some of us, screaming and yelling is the big deal. So you can do that in the car with the windows rolled up and the radio on. You know, now, especially with everybody talking on their earphones, (laughs) people won't think you're crazy. The other thing you can do is sit in front of your bed or the couch, put your two hands together to make a fist, and on the exhale, come down and beat the bed or beat the couch. Get a bean bag and use it to slam up against door jams. If if you yell no, stop it, leave me alone. I don't want to do that. But that you can just rev it, and you'll see that the more you try it, it has a trajectory, and it does stop. I re- I remember one time years and years ago um, when I I I did try this, and I actually was with my partner Michael. And I was, I didn't project it on him, and, and he knew that I was just really frustrated. And I called it like uh, my, my north wind banshee woman, and uh, our house was separated enough that I remember just screaming, just screaming, and how wonderful it felt to just release it all. Mm. And afterwards, I did feel like something had transformed inside of me because I was able to express it, not at anyone, but just to express that frustration. Absolutely. I remember one of the women in our circle that we sat in together years ago, Arisaka, she and her son would growl. You know, that they would really make these animal sounds when they were angry, and that that was also releasing. And that once you let that out, then you can go back to the content. That reminds me of a story that Paul Rivolo told years ago. He's a therapist who's passed on now, and he talked, it's, I love this. He, he talked about a woman who was working in an office space, and her boss had said again one thing that was really nasty to her, whatever it was. And she turned around to the file cabinet. He described her as turning around to the file cabinet, and she let out this tremendous growl at the file cabinet. And then she turned around to him and said, I I want you to never say anything like that to me again. And it was, and he really got it. Like, but she didn't do it at him. Yes. She turned her back and she did it, but she did express it. And yes. I thought that was kind of skillful means. Absolutely. And that's really the ticket, you know, that if you can make a safe space and figure out whether you need to growl or hit something, or I like beanbags again, you know, sort of a pillow beanbag against a doorframe, something so that you can just let this out, then what happens is the energy is not pushing the content. So you can then deal with the person or the situation in a calm manner and say, this does not work for me. That if, if you need to communicate something like that to me again, you may not speak in those tones and you need to be more skillful or careful. Or I, in whatever it is, the thing is that 
you have to move the energy out, otherwise the communication is distorted by it. Yes, yes. And you talk about being gentle and compassionate to ourselves. So before we leave this conversation, what can you say about that for us that would be helpful? I think that it's really important for us to treat ourselves in the ways that we ordinarily reserve for people that we treasure. And that most of the time we don't give ourselves the same patience and tenderness. And that it helps to think of ourselves as vulnerable and delicate beings, no matter where we are or what's going on, that we really always, no matter what, deserve to be treated with kindness and compassion and gentleness and tenderness. And that any time... Somebody sent me this wonderful quote that said that they would never say to a friend some of the things that they say to themselves and that when they stopped, when they started speaking to themselves the way they spoke to their friends, everything changed. Robin, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I've been speaking with Dr. Robin Posen. She spells her name R-O-B-Y-N, Posen, P as in Peter, O-S-I-N, Robin Posen. And if you'd like to be in touch with her or know about her work, you can go to uh, her website for the little ones inside.com or Compassionate Inc. Dot com, Inc., I-N-K, CompassionateInc.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I'd like to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.